Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat and onto the water. This podcast can encourage other leaders as you learn to follow the voice of Jesus as Peter did. Today, I'm excited to introduce Dale Young. Early on in his career, Dale realized he wanted something more than just a comfortable, well-paying job. But that led to an ever-expanding search until years later, he realized what he wanted was God's calling for his life. Having spent years going on this journey himself, he now inspires Christian entrepreneurs to step into their calling. I think you'll be really encouraged to hear his story and some of the great resources that he's made available. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Dale. I'm so thankful that you're on the podcast with me today. We've had a couple of conversations. I followed you on LinkedIn and seen some of your material and really appreciated it. So it's really fun for me to get to have you on here and introduce you to more people. I think others will be uh, just as encouraged as I have been. So really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Logan. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I want to start off with our little icebreaker question that we selected for today. And uh, that question is, what animal do you most identify with and why? So some people may think I'm cheating, but the animal I most identify with is a unicorn. And that's right. <laughs> that's not a, a normal response, I know, but I am one uh, unique person. Uh, I think we are all unique. I think that God created each of us uniquely. Uh, I think the unicorn is a very unique symbol. And I'm not talking about the fancy rainbow unicorns with the wings and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about right. the majestic, uh, the majestic unicorns that had the uh, horns that were actually weapons and things like that. You know, the dangerous kind of unicorn. So that's yes. that's uh, that's the animal that I most identify with. I read some science fiction way back when that had some unicorns that were very masculine, very uh, aggressive type of thing. And I just appreciated how the author had put a different spin on what was a typical common perception anyway. And uh, so the that that being unique, being standing out, being uh, who you are created to be, that part really resonated with me. And I don't think I've actually even expressed that in words up until you asked that question. Yeah, and not always the way people would expect you to be either. So uh, that's really neat. Well, how, you know, in your story, and I've read some of your story, and we've gotten to talk about it a little bit, your story stretches back and, and has been a journey uh, that I think parts of your journey really have encouraged me. And I think they'll really encourage many of the people listening uh, to the podcast. So wherever you are, I, I really encourage you, everybody who's listening, uh, just to pay attention to Dale's story, because I think you'll find bits of yourself uh, in his story and some real encouragement for you in what Dale has prepared and the way that God has worked in his life. So I really believe this will be an encouraging day. I'm excited about this. So going way back, what were the ways that you were initially drawn to search out God's heart for your work and, and kind of your calling and what you were doing? Well, the initial change, the initial place that I can identify goes back to 1992. And so that's over 30 years ago now. But I can recall an incident. I was actually working in Australia and was making crazy money. 
uh, doing government contracting. Uh, it was one of those things where there was lots of people working there. They were all making great money. And the government had just announced a tax on one of our benefits. And the tax was relatively minor. I mean, it was like 1% of the bonus that we were getting or something like that. But we were all at lunch. We were all jabbering and just yammering about this tax. And yeah, you know, oh, we're going to quit over this and you know, all this sort of stuff, you know, which was all just bluff and bravado. And I was right in there with them when out of my mouth came these words. You know, we really shouldn't complain. This is just a job, not a career. And it was that moment that I realized with my head what my heart had been telling me all these years and that, that I was made for something different and something more. Wow. Now, it was really interesting at that point because I wasn't a Christian. Uh, I wasn't, I'll, I'll put it this way, I wasn't a follower. I might have been a believer. I had prayed the prayer earlier, but I had not grown up in a Christian household. I didn't really know what it involved to be a follower. Uh, I'd never been discipled at that point or anything else. But that shift in my heart that finally made it up, up to my head caused me to rethink things. And in two years, I was back in the States, wasn't making crazy money anymore. <laughs> two years after that, I've changed careers again uh, and I'm getting into computer consulting. Two years after that, we started going to church. My wife at the time and I had started going to church. Uh, there'd been some, some issues relationship-wise. And so we'd started going to church because I'd I prayed the prayer earlier, you know, and I guess Christians go to church type of thing. Right. Uh, and we got invited to a funeral. And at the funeral, I heard the message that Jesus had died for my sins, and I turned my life over to him at that funeral. And that was the time that I really started growing and started becoming a follower, uh, a true believer, somebody that was actually trying to live the Christian life. And a few years after that at this church, it was a small church. Uh, we had actually... Uh, We'd actually gone through, even before we got there, several different pastors over several years. Uh, the pastor that baptized me in 1998, he left. I was on the search committee for finding a new pastor. Uh, that was all going okay. We've got in a new pastor. A third of the church left because of the new pastor, and they didn't agree with the direction and all that sort of stuff. We had another year or two of just really struggle and everything. That pastor left, and we actually ended up shutting the church down, selling it oh. to a different church. The building blossomed after this new church got in there. So it wasn't us. It, it, it was just God wanted a different direction for that building, I think. Sure. Wow. But a lot of the people scattered out to different churches, and it was actually at that point that uh, I went to a, another church and started doing uh, helping them build up small groups and actually ended up uh, leading four small groups a week. Wow. Going, going through the purpose-driven life. All right. Great book. <laughs> and so a great book. And, you know, I'm going, okay, God, why am I watching this video? Because it was on VCR tape right, back then, right? <laughs> well, I'm watching this yeah. video four times every week. <laughs> you know, wow. There must be a message here that I'm supposed to be getting here. 
And so that really led, uh, that expanded my whole question. So uh, my my statement, this is not a career, had become, okay, well, I found a career, but that wasn't enough. Mm. What do I do instead of that? And so I just kept, the, the question just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. over time, that question morphed from what's my career to what's my mission, what's my passion, what's my dream, what's my purpose, and none of those were quite big enough. Uh, mm. And then to kind of wrap up that piece of the story, uh, Simon Sinek did the start with why question, right? You know, in the book, start with why. And I really got into that. And it was like, okay, why is a pretty big question. Let's let's focus on that for a while. But even why I wasn't big enough for what was calling me, I think. And uh, finally, I landed on the word calling. And I really, to me, calling implies it's from God. God is calling you. It's a pull, not a push. It's not an internal thing. It's it's an external thing that's actually pulling you forward. Yeah. And so for me, calling is the word that I settled on as that's what I'm going after. And so yeah. finally, after about 30 years of getting bigger and bigger questions, I think I've gotten to the biggest one I can get to. <laughs> and I actually feel like maybe, maybe I've kind of started getting my handles around my hands around what is my calling. And amazingly enough, it feels like my calling is to inspire calling. Wow. Yeah. Your calling is to inspire calling. What a great phrase. Hmm. Well, what do you sense is, or what would you say is the difference in the mentality that changed, or even the difference in your experience when you made that shift from just doing a job to that deeper journey and what you were really searching for. I think there'd be some people who are listening who might feel like they're just in the job for the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. And maybe there's a limited level of fulfillment in that. Maybe there's uncertainty about the future for that, but I don't know what, what's the, what, what makes the difference when you shift out of that, just doing the job mentality and begin searching for more. What's that like? Well, it was definitely something where I wasn't, I wasn't setting back anymore. I was taking control of the things that I was deciding. Uh, I might still have been working in a job in corporate America, which I was, but I was looking for ways to be more active, more proactive in the job. I was looking for ways to start making a difference. Uh, I was looking for ways to take more responsibility. And that led me, once once I started taking those steps and letting my bosses know I was ready for more, it led to expanded opportunities. Um, and so back in 1996, I was uh, working at the second job after Australia and making reasonable money. And one of my one of the things that I was doing on a volunteer basis was I was just helping out a users group. It was actually the DFW Unix users group way back in the nerdy days. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so I was there. I wasn't really that much of a Unix guy uh, as much as I was an Oracle DBA guy. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, for all those technical people, if all, if all of that is Greek to you, don't worry about it. That's OK. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was kind of the person that sat in the intersection between these two main uh, main fields of study, so to speak, in the computer world. And so I could go either way and was doing pretty good with both. Uh, and so I was helping out this uh, this users group. And a person comes into my life, comes into the thing, and is looking for a Unix person. And uh, so we get to chatting, and he says, so what do you do? And I say, well, really, I do more Oracle DBA work than I do Unix work. And he says, oh, really? We're looking for those, too. And I say, okay, well, you know, tell me about what you're doing. And he said, you know, he laid out a job, and he said, okay, uh, are, so are you interested? And I said, well, you can't afford me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that was a challenge to him. And he figured out a way to afford me. So he basically matched the salary and threw in a pretty nice bonus, uh, which had been pretty much they'd been hitting for several quarters in a row. And so uh, I came on board. I ended up working for that guy. His name was Gary Toch. And I ended up working for him across uh, 13 years across wow. four companies. And one of those companies was a startup company in 2000 in the tech industry, right before the dot bomb, <laughs> we started up yeah. this company and the company did really well. We started basically with just 10 people, but we had kind of a, a pipeline um, because of, of who we were and who the connections were within these 10 people. And we actually hit uh, number 10 on the entrepreneur fastest growing 100 companies in the U.S. for 2000. Wow. And then uh, turned around and hit number 23 in 2002. So it was a really wild roller coaster ride up and down and up. And uh, then the bottom fell out of us, uh, had some internal struggles, some legal issues and things like that. And we ended up shutting that company down in 2004. So it was like, oh, okay. So the church shut down in 2003. The company shut down in 2004. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do was, you do in that moment when things feel like they're shutting down around you? I mean, where do you go? How do you navigate well, that? Fortunately, between 98 and 2003, I had really absorbed a lot of lessons from the Lord uh, but it was really like he was saying, Dale, your identity is not tied to your work. Wow, yeah. That's really what the message I was taking out. And so it was like, okay, well, Lord, where is my identity? What am I supposed to be yeah. doing? So fortunately, got into another computer consulting uh, job, kept looking, kept doing stuff. Uh, a couple of more years would go by, and I managed to be Geary Toch, and I basically sold this contract to a company in Houston. Now, I'm in the DFW area, but we sold this contract to this company in Houston based on some work that I had done with a team that I'd kind of pulled together of contractors and such like that. And the contract went annual in 2007 for a million dollars a year. And we were working for a company that was a $12 million annual revenue company. So it got a lot of attention, basically. And I was on the road a lot in 2007, 2008, even into 2009, going down to Houston. Uh, 
uh, started out, you know, four days a week down there and backed it off to three days and then two days and then one day a week and such like that. But it was still a lot of travel, a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, and then in 2008, uh, the recession hit, which really hit our company in 2009. And that's when they actually uh, laid off Gary. And so after 13 years with Gary, uh, he is gone. And I've taken over about half of his responsibilities. And they basically cut the other half uh, mm. due to coming back. But during that time of going back and forth and all these plane rides, I was doing a lot of journaling, a lot of soul searching, a lot of, you know, God, where are you leading me? What's going on here? And one of the moments that happened was in 2007, I heard about life coaching as a career. Yeah. And it was like, this is this is interesting. This is something that I could maybe start considering doing. Uh, I like the flexibility. I like the stuff. It, used a lot of my background, a lot of my development stuff, a lot of my volunteer stuff that I'd been doing. And I did a lot of research, and it was like I could not find anything spiritual about it at the time. And so mm -hmm. I put it on the shelf. And it's like, okay, it's not for me. So this is from 98 when I first get baptized to 2007. I've made that kind of a shift in my mind. You know, yeah. I, I look back at that and say, Wow, I really did make a big major change in that decade. And then in 2009, I'm walking through Half Price Books, and this book falls off the shelf and conks me on the head, like books do all the time at Half Price Books, at least figuratively. Yeah. And the book was titled Christian Coaching by Gary Collins. And it was like, ah, this is what I've been looking for. And took it home, devoured it in two days, and uh, started doing more research about this whole life coaching thing. Well, fast forward just a little bit, 2011, I'm in a school that is uh, talked about in this book, Christian Coaching, uh, and I just love it. I fall in love with it. The school is Professional Christian Coaching Institute. Uh, they're still going today. They're one of the premier Christian coaching schools that are out there. Uh, they're international coach certifi certified. Uh, so, uh, you know, just great school, have nothing but praise to talk to them about. Uh, but started the training in January. I got my first paying client in July, and I've always had at least one client. But I was still working with IT. So it was one of these mixtures where, okay, how do I balance these things? Because I don't feel called to leave the IT side. I'm a director at this point at this company. Right. I don't feel called to leave the IT side. But, you know, my heart's drawn over here to the coaching side. So how do I balance those issues out? Um, so, so I've got through that part for a little bit. Um, and about... You know, I start talking to my bosses at the at the job about, you know, if it ever happens that I can maybe take a step back, maybe go to part time and maybe go, uh, you know, step back, do part time work here. My heart's really uh, over here in the coaching side. They knew about they knew about it. They supported me. They actually paid for some of my training, yeah. uh, and I was using it in inside with the team I was leading and such like that. Uh, but about the same time that that happens, uh, the relationship with my wife starts going downhill fast. 
Mm-hmm. And she starts making noises about divorce and stuff like that. So I can kind of see, okay, well, God, you're providing me a stable income while all this other turmoil is going on. So I'm just going to stake it out here. I'm just going to see how things go. Well, fast forward to 2016 and uh, divorces become inevitable and we get it legalized on March 7th of 2016. And two weeks later, my boss comes to me and says, Bill, you've been talking about going to part-time. We think April 1st is a great time to do that. Oh, right. They just took it, took the initiative on that one. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, God, what's going on here? You know, I've just started paying uh, spousal support and I've got, you know, all these other things going on. And you want me to go out and start a business? And it was really a tough prayer season going through that. The one thing I want to lean into about that whole divorce part, though, is that somebody said to me right when the divorce was starting, this is an opportunity for you to either get better or get bitter. Mm. And so I took that as I could lean into God and draw closer to him, or I could turn my back and walk away. And I chose to I chose to lean in, and it was best decision I've ever made. Yeah, those are difficult times. I know you've <clears throat> seen some highs and some lows throughout your journey of pursuing your calling and the way that the Lord has led you and uh, and the journey you've been on. That now you're helping others as they're going through their journeys. Uh, but wh- are there some examples of where you really noticed God met you? in some of those most difficult seasons? Absolutely. He was there all along. And I heard a phrase that uh, God is as close as you want to be to him. Uh, In other words, God is always with us, right? Emmanuel, God is with us. Uh, If we're a believer, if if we're a follower, we have God with us. And so if if God feels distant, it's because you've stepped away, not because he has. And so I held on to that truth multiple times through that. I leaned into community. I had a group of people that surrounded me, came alongside me, prayed with me. And I had a lot of uh, remote prayer support as well. Uh, yeah. I, I I had a paid Zoom account back in 2016, so maybe yeah. even 2015. So I've been in this virtual world a lot. A lot of the stuff I was doing, I was working virtually really in 98. Uh, wow. You know, if I go back that far, yeah. uh, at least at least you know probably 70 percent of the time I was working virtually back even back then. Um, so virtual is not new to me. Uh, mm-hmm. COVID was not really a big, big game changer for me. So, um, but one of the things that I do go back to, uh, really, this came up again in uh, it was in two thousand one or two that I read a book called Good to Great by yeah. Jim Collins. And it was, I then got reminded of this probably a couple of years ago. One of the lessons that Jim Collins talks about is the Stockdale paradox. So Stockdale, Jim Jim Stockdale was an admiral 
He got shot down over North Vietnam. He was a prisoner of war. I think he was the longest POW that was in there. He was in there for eight years in the Hanoi Hilton. And, uh, you know, he was the, he was kind of the senior guy, so he kind of took charge of everybody else. And he talked about all this stuff, and, you know, people would get shot down and get put in there, and they'd be gone in a month because they'd lose hope, right? Mm. So, so uh, you know, and uh, then some people would say, oh, we'll be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come and go, and they weren't out, and they'd lose hope, you know? But so one of the things that he put out, and this is the lesson that was from good to great, is what they call the Stockdale Paradox. And he said, you must retain faith that you will prevail in the end, regardless of the difficulties. And at the same time, you must confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. So he had to confront the fact that he was being tortured, being you know, people were dying all around him. He had to confront those facts and he had to accept those facts because that was his reality. It was happening right around it. But he had to also retain faith. He had to retain that hope. And for us as believers, that hope is in Jesus Christ, right? He's going to make everything right. May not even be in this world, but it will be eventually. Yeah. So, so that was one of the things that I was reminded here recently that I really held on to going through that whole divorce side of things. And even after the divorce and after this, you know, divorce happening in March and going to part-time in the job in April, it's like, okay, well, I've got my opportunity to follow my dream, this dream of coaching that has, that God has kind of placed in me here. How do I do that? How do I step into that now? I'm still working part-time in IT, but I'm, Working full time in coaching is the way I like to say it. Yeah, and uh, it was definitely two or three years of not really knowing, not really knowing what an entrepreneur does, <laughs> not really knowing what I was trying to do as a coach, not really knowing what kind of niche or audience or anything that I was going after. So you know, when you're when you're talking to the world about general stuff, nobody pays any attention. And so, you know, I've learned that I've at least learned that much as an entrepreneur is that you have to talk to a specific audience about a specific thing so that your message can go through. Right. And uh, so anyway, so, you know, doing all this other stuff. Um, so finally in 2018, um, I am part of a little peer mastermind group. And uh, this guy that's in there is talking about this we align, W-E-A-L-I-G-M, we align. And he keeps talking about it week after week. And it's like, okay, we're Pete, tell me about this. What's what's going on with this company? It sounds like you're doing good things. And he so he says, Well, we've got this process, it's based on the Gallup Clifton Strengths. The strength finder is what the old term was. Uh, you got 34 talents, and basically you take the assessment, and then we coach you through that. And that's five sessions, and it's, you know, whatever the price was at the time. Currently, it's like $1,500 is the retail price for that. Um, so he's talking about this, and I say, well, you know, sounds interesting. You know, as a coach myself, you know, 
what's what's involved with getting into the process. He says, well, you got to do it yourself, but we gave a discount for people that are possibly going to be coaches and such like that. So he took me through it and it was like, my eyes were open. Wow. I mean, I, it was like, I, I'd never been coached through my own strengths. Wow. Now I'd taken the assessment, I think six times at that point myself. And it's like, (laughs) for one thing, it's like, the assessment isn't always necessarily coming out exactly the same way because there's 34 talents. You've got a little bit of different flexibility and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. But I didn't didn't understand why it could come out differently. I didn't understand all that sort of stuff. I found out all that through the process, through being coached myself. And basically I said, this is great. I love it. I'd like to do this with other people. So I got certified in early 2019. I started doing that. Uh, as of today, I'm about 70 people that I've taken through that process. And every time I take somebody through, I learn something new myself. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's just really amazing. I really say that it's something that will just help you figure out exactly who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Because I bring a Christian perspective to it, even though it's really a secular process. And it just really helps people solidify exactly who they are, how they're working, how God's wired them. Doesn't tell you what you're going to do, but it tells you how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mission statement for Wheeline is rehumanizing the world mm-hmm. through genuine identity and belonging. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, that's a mission statement I can buy into. I know. It's so true. You And yeah. for you, this was like a multi-decade journey of discovering calling. And now you're in a position where you're helping others gain that clarity much faster than you did. And like you said, summing it up into inspiring calling. And so you have a right. coaching program at coachdale.com and there's some links and contact that I'll be able to put in the show notes for people that are interested. But can you share a little bit about what, what you do and, and what's kind of coming up? You have some things coming up that I'd love for people to know about so they can connect with you. Well, exactly. And so, you know, since 2019, going through this, uh, this wheel line process, I call it strength finder on steroids because I really do feel like it puts the muscle on, on the the strength finders. Uh, but I that puts the who, but that gets back to my why question. My why question is bigger and my calling is bigger and all that, right? And so over the last four or five years, I've been just struggling with that. Uh, actually was part of a best-selling book that came out in January of 23 called Next Level Your Life. And I wrote a chapter in that. There's 42 co-authors. Uh, it hit number one bestseller on Amazon in 31 categories. So that, that's something pretty, pretty amazing, pretty remarkable. Wow, yeah. In in that story, I was writing it kind of from a perspective, talking about the worst decade of my life. It started in 2011, uh, back up to 2021. By the way, I have remarried in 2021. It's going fantastic and everything's right there. So just Praise tie God. that bow off for the listeners there. Uh, but, but anyway, the uh, I ended up that chapter with, I feel like I know my colleague now. And I didn't even realize, because that chapter was turned in in like September or October. And, uh, you know, and then the book comes out in January. But it's like, ah, 
okay, finally, I've got the right word. I've got all that stuff. And then in November, I get what I think is called what, what another term, another person calls a God download. It was like this image just was in my mind. And it was colored and it was perfect. And it was got like four circles and there were words in it. And I can't quite make, make out what the words were. You know? And so I prayed into it over about two weeks. I got the words and had to move the circle around, just put it all together. But it was like, oh, this is a framework. This is a, a scaffold that I can build a coaching program around yeah. to help people really go through what for me was a 30-year journey, but I can do it now in maybe a year or maybe even less if they've already done some pieces of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that framework, there'll be a link. Um, I'll give you a link to put in the, in the show notes where you can just go download that framework. I'll give you a link where you can go download my story from the Next Level Your Life book. Uh, and so you can get all that information from me. This framework, I don't feel, is a framework that is unique to me. This framework is something that I believe is meant to be shared with the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually licensed it under the Creative Commons, freely distributable. You know, you just have to give an attribution to me. It's all, that, yeah. it's all that's required. Um, but that is then led into uh, God blessed me with a gift back in April uh, where Chris Colt, known as the challenge champion. He was doing a five-day challenge to teach people how to do five-day challenges. I was in there to learn how to do five-day challenges. He gave away a five-day challenge, a complete customized setup, and I actually was blessed to win that. And All right. So, yeah, so I am now doing my own five-day challenge, and that'll be coming out October 30th of 2023. And I'll probably keep doing these because it seems like a really good model for getting more exposure out to the world. And so if it's past that date when you hear this uh, podcast, uh, just go on my website and look and there'll be a link for the next one coming up. Yeah. But uh, the five day challenge, one hour a day, uh, and it'll be on Zoom uh, so that anybody anywhere in the world can participate and uh, be a minor charge just to make sure that you're really interested in it. And and those four those five days, I'll walk through what I call the four keys to finding your calling, which are basically the four circles that I saw in the diagram and how they all interact and play together. And uh, it's uh, it's something that some people have been through that have said, this is really good. This has really helped me. Uh, I've got some video testimonials there on, on the site, and uh, the challenge will be at stepintoyourcalling.com. Stepintoyourcalling.com. Wonderful. Yeah. And for people who want to connect with you further, uh, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Uh, best way to find out more about me and reach out is on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash in slash Coach Dale uh, will get you straight to me. Uh, you can also email me, dale at coachdale.com. Uh, but of course, that doesn't tell you a whole lot about me. But if you just want to connect right off the bat, email is great. 
All right. And I'll put links to the, the different things you mentioned in the show notes. So everybody do make sure to go down and visit those uh, while you're listening to the podcast. But uh, thank you so much, Dale. I really appreciate you being on and sharing the stories and uh, the encouragement. And again, I, I love what you're doing is taking the learnings and even the things that God has deposited in you and passing it on, sharing it with other people. And it's leaving a wake of people whose lives have been touched by that uh, behind you. And it's really encouraging and it's inspiring too for, I know, many other people. So I really appreciate you being on and sharing with me. I hope everybody who's listening was encouraged, but thank you so much. You're quite welcome. And Jim, uh, John Maxwell at one point said, uh, don't be a reservoir, be a river. Uh, as the water flows into you, keep flowing it on downstream and passing it on. And that's where I want to be right now. I just want to be a river. My prayer is that this will be an impact in the world and people will be blessed through it. Amen. I agree with that. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Please visit ServantLeaderNetwork.org to find more helpful resources for your leadership journey and always bring your water walking shoes.